It's my podcast. Change, change, change. Of course we're talking about change. Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth, too. Here's my podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I hope you're doing all right. I think I'm doing okay so far. Uh, I'm so excited. Um, I get to have a conversation. You know, every now and then we've got these bonus episodes and I'm going to continue to put them out uh, whenever I feel inspired to give you some content. And of course, even though it's a little bit different, it's still always going to be leadership based. So again, for those of you that are tuning in for the very first time, my name is Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder of BSTL. And what does it stand for? Building something that lasts. So anyways, I'm excited to just like jump right into this conversation. Um, Let me just tell you what happened recently. And it kind of triggered me a little bit, Uh, not in a bad way, but in a good way. I know that sometimes when we use some of these uh, therapy languages, people get nervous, triggered, trauma. No, no, no. But every now and then something happens that just kind of like reminds you of something else. And it kind of made me smile a bit. And I figured, look, why not share this with you? So every now and then you're also going to find that I'm going to have some conversations about male things. And it's not that I'm against female things, um, but I think that as a black man, and I'm proud to be black, um, my roots are Jamaican, proud to be Jamaican as well, um, we don't always talk about male things. And when I say male things, I really mean like grandfather, father, you know, grandson, those kinds of things. So every now and then you're going to hear me talk about these things. Uh, I don't think we do enough of it in our community, so I'm just going to do it anyways, right? So let me tell you what happens recently. Uh, My son's school, um, they are in the process of uh, beginning this ice skating thing, and I think it's an incredible um, initiative, and it's not just that it's ice skating, it's learning how to play hockey. Now, growing up as a kid, um, I did not play hockey. Uh, I was not the best skater. In my neighborhood at that point, um, we used to play a lot of floor hockey, and big up to those that are born in the mid-70s, so you know what I'm talking about, like floor hockey was a thing, like nets and those orange balls that in the middle of the winter would have taken out a limb, like that's the way that we grew up. Um, But I did not play ice hockey at all. Um, I don't know if it's because I couldn't skate so well, or maybe it's just because there were different things happening, and by the way, I now know Uh, that ice skating equipment is not cheap. Um, So if you're going to put your kids in hockey, you better start saving up from now. So anyways, here's what the trigger is. I, um, because my son's uh, school is going to be teaching um, the kids or the children rather how to play ice skating or how to play hockey, um, he asks me, hey, dad, can you take me out to go and uh, get some equipment? So what ends up happening is I go to this store in Oshawa in the dorm area because, of course, this uh, podcasting thing is from um, Toronto, right? So the reality is I go out to a place called Oshawa. And the store is irrelevant, um, but I go to this place and they've got a lot of, like, used stuff. And um, I was so grateful for their ministry because, really, uh, hockey equipment brand new, that's a whole new different price point. Uh, So to make a long story short, I pay a couple of hundreds of dollars, and that's okay um, because I think we've got to put out some money for our kids uh, to expose them to some things. But while I'm in the store, um, it kind of jogs my memory backwards. And let me tell you what it jogs my memory of. So 
Uh, my father, he's Jamaican, like not Jamaican Canadian, not Jamaican by way of England, but Jamaican. And he comes to this country in the late 60s, early 70s. And this is where he and my mom, they build a life together. And it's incredible. And we are the benefactors of many great decisions that they have made um, for my sisters and myself. But when I'm about uh, five or six years of age, um, my father is like in the backyard and he's building this thing. And I don't even know what it is. Um, and by the way, I should have just told you that this bonus episode is called um, He Shoots, uh, We Score. Okay. Uh, he Shoots and We Score. So anyways, I'm like five or six years of age and he's in the backyard. It's the middle of winter and he's like banging away with tools and hammer and plastic and uh, bracing of boards and all of those kinds of things. So because I'm young, um, I don't know what it is that he's actually doing until he finally tells me. Uh, he's actually building an ice skating rink. Now, let me just say this. Uh, we did not live in a super ginormous house. It was a modest house. Um, but he just decided that during the winter, I'm going to take this small space and I'm going to build this two-layer or level um, ice skating rink um, so that my kids, my sisters and myself, they can go outside and learn how to skate in the backyard. And you know what's interesting? I'd never seen anything like that before. And I'm certain that there are other people that do it in their neighborhoods, in their backyards. Um, I'm sure those that grow up in a hockey, a hockey culture, uh, they are very familiar with doing that. But that was new to me as a, as a young black Canadian kid by way of Jamaican parents. That was kind of weird. <clears throat> for me to, to see. So what ends up happening is, is that after he's finished uh, putting all the boards and the plastic around it, he begins to fill it um, with water and he, like, this becomes like his project. And it takes him a few days um, and it's very cold, so I know that it's probably got to be somewhere between January and February. He takes his time and he finally finishes it off and it's frozen and he goes out and gets us some skates, and we learn how to ice skate in our backyard. <laughs> now, let me just say this, and I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. It's not that it is the greatest ice skating rink ever, but it really is the thought that counts. And let me just tell you why it's so um, revolutionary in terms of what it is that he does. It's because for somebody that grew up in a climate country uh, without snow, unless it's like a freezy of some sort, um, the mere fact that he had it in his mind to expose us, my sisters and myself, to this um, ice skating thing, I now look back and I realize that he was ahead of his time. Like, remember now, in um, Jamaica, like, the primary thing is going to be, for his age group, it's going to be cricket, it's going to be soccer, it's going to be uh, track and field, but it's not going to be hockey. It's not going to be ice skating. So when he comes to this country and begins to expose um, my family and myself uh, to something that is completely out of the culture, you realize that while his roots may be Jamaican, he is a very forward um, thinking type of guy. So he's the one that exposes me to this uh, skating thing. And then I skate a little bit as a child, but I didn't love it. And then, of course, I don't really mess around with it. I mean, I go roller skating a little bit, but I don't mess around with skating. I, I play floor hockey, but I don't play ice hockey. So it's not until now um, that I realize as I'm in this store um, with my son about to buy this equipment that I realize, wow, 
Um, in less than 50 years, three generations later, my father, myself, to my son, I am now full circle, now beginning to engage with my son in something that my father would have exposed me to. So we go in there, and let me tell you, I don't think I've ever gone into a hockey store uh, to pick up anything other than a hockey stick, uh, the orange ball, and or um, the, the ice skates. I've never gone in there. So, like, the reality is I have no idea um, what it is that he's got to get. So as we're going in there, we need to get a helmet with a face guard. We got to get a mouthpiece. We got to get a jock. We've got to get um, the pants. We've got to get the shoulder pads, the elder, um, the elder elbow pads. We've got to get the, the gloves. Um, we've got to get a stick. And while we're in there, I'm looking at his eyes twinkling. And to be honest with you, even if it would have cost more, I would have had to figure it out, right? Because the reality is, Looking at my son now, um, who doesn't know that his grandfather would have tried to expose me uh, to this sporting thing many, many years ago, seeing the twinkle in his eyes was such a tremendous moment for me. And here's what makes it tremendous. Most times when we think about black children playing sports, and I know that there's a few black um, um, uh, NHL players, and I'm sure that there are, are different black um, male players, and maybe even female players, like those of you that are really into hockey, you know their names, right? I know that there's got to be a bunch of different people who have uh, been in the league for quite some time, but we know that the image of this is not necessarily saturated with people that look like me, that come from uh, my background. And so as we're going through the store, and he's like, Dad, we got to get this, and Dad, we got to get that, uh, the guy in the store, he was so helpful. And let me just show you how helpful he is. He doesn't say when we walk in, uh, can, how may I help you in terms of you know, getting some other stuff? The moment I say to him, it's ice hockey, he immediately begins to play this thing up so that my son's excitement will be even more peaked because he's like, oh, yeah, we got to get you this hockey stick and we're going to put some yellow tape on it and we're going to make sure that your socks that are going to go over your shin pads, they're going to be yellow. So the more this guy is like talking about all of these different things um, that we're about to do to position my son to be now in a position to do something that his dad has never done and his grandfather has never done, I was thinking in that moment, the power of legacy. Now, let me explain to you what I mean when I say legacy. Really, what I'm saying to you all is that in less than 50 years, right? So I'm 47, right? So it kind of starts with me. Um, my father, through this ice skating rink, has now shown me um, and introduced to our family the value of crossing over different cultural lines. And when I say cultural lines, I'm not even talking about black or white or native or uh, Hispanic or Asian or South Asian. That's not what I mean when I'm talking about culture. I'm talking about we have often um, ascribed a certain type of person or people or people groups to specific things, right? It's not uncommon to see a lot of people of color, my color that is anyways, out on the basketball court, out on the soccer field. Um, but we don't always see them on the ice. Now, there are a couple of reasons, right? So I now know that ice um, or hockey is not a cheap sport, right? So already we have, on some level, a disadvantage because unless you know where to find these 
uh, trade in gear and how to figure it out and, and, and knock your pennies together in order to get some stuff together. The reality is you don't really know how to get yourself going unless somebody exposes it to you. And then I also want to say this, um, my father may not have known what he was doing, but really what he was doing was also showing me that as a father, when my son shows an interest in something that may not necessarily be uniquely personal to our culture, I've got to find a way to get into it, even if it's not something that I fully understand or fully comprehend. So we get to the 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 um we get to the checkout. Um, he's now got his skates uh, sharpened. We've got his hockey stick. It's been cut. Uh, I learned that you have to go on your toes, and the guy lines it up with a marker so that his hockey stick goes up to his nostril. Apparently, that's the appropriate height. Um, and we check out and we buy the stuff. And as we're walking back to the car, I look down at him, and he's like in heaven. And when I say in heaven, like I think he realizes that we're about to do something that is really substantial and we did it together. So we packed the car up with the equipment and uh, he hasn't started it yet. But now as we are um, in the car, he now says to me, well, dad, now that we've got this equipment, um, we've got to now make sure that I get on the ice before we get to the actual ice skating thing or the hockey um, training thing that he's going to go through with his school. And let me tell you why that is substantial. Because to me, I was like, look, now that we got this equipment, my job is going to be just to take him to the rink. I will sit like every other parent. I will clap. I will chair for him. I will encourage him. But I didn't realize that he's not just trying to get the equipment for the experience. He wants to show up on the first day of this ice skating experience as one who knows the least. He does not want to show up as one who knows the least about um, skating and shooting this puck and all of that other stuff. And I thought to myself, in this experience, um, how important it is to not just expose um, our children, my son more specifically, um, as a father. It's more than just getting him the stuff. It's also positioning him in such a way that when he goes out on that ice um, for the very first time with a stick, he's not going to be worried about being embarrassed. He's going to go out there as one who has a measure of confidence because this may be the beginning of something that in our Anderson family, like I don't know of any hockey players that are Andersons. I don't know any Andersons um, that are in the sport that have played at any level of this thing. So my son may actually be making history for the very first time when he finally gets on top of this ice with this stick and all of this equipment like every other child whose parent is thinking about and contemplating getting this thing going now the other thing too because i'm really talking about legacy this is not so much about ice skating it's talking about how do we position ourselves as leaders and remember um, my father is a leader by default because that's what he is, the father of the family he leads. Now, because I'm also a father, it's also my responsibility to lead. But here's the other thing, because remember, BSTL stands for building something that lasts. I want you to consider this. Even though my son doesn't know it yet, we are now developing a next generation 
of leaders who understand that you cannot just go for what's comfortable, you have to go for what is uncomfortable also. You've also got to create this environment for him who's now nine years of age where he understands that not because um, you are under uh, represented in a sport does that mean that it is not accessible. And here's how it kind of connects and leaks over into other areas of life. When uh, kids at a very young age, and, and I'm thinking maybe more specifically to black boys who are underrepresented in a lot of different areas. You know, like recently I was having a conversation with somebody. Remember a couple of weeks ago I told you I had an, a very exciting conversation, one that I have not had for quite some time. We were just having a conversation about underrepresentation in different areas within the business sector, right? So what happens is here in Toronto, uh, there's, a, there's a place called Front Street. And Front Street is like in the, the core of downtown. And when you go to Front Street, what you will find is that you've got a bunch of really big buildings, nice buildings, high-end buildings. And the people that go into those buildings, they've got suits that are extremely expensive, right? So they're not necessarily buying suits at Tip Top. And big up Tip Top, I shop at Tip Top. But they're not necessarily um, buying suits there. They've got customized suits and ties and nice vehicles and fancy socks and shoes that maybe I can't um, even pronounce. But on Front Street, despite the fact that this is a city that is really diverse, it's got people from all over the planet. The reality is, is that if you were to sit down in some of these buildings on Front Street, um, Bay Street, in the core of the city of Toronto, what you might find is that there is an underrepresentation of people that go into those buildings, even though we come from a city that is really one of the most diverse uh, cities in all of the world and definitely in North America. So you're saying like, Andre, come on, like tie these two things together. Well, the thing is, is that hockey culture and front, uh, front street culture, they bridge into one another because some of the people that play hockey, they come from a completely different world that perhaps my son might not engage in because of the level of work that his dad does. Now, let me just say this. I'm not ashamed of the work that I do, but the work that I do doesn't put me in every single kind of space. So sports... Um, uh, um, field trips, the schools that you go to, the after-school programming that we put our children in, these are spaces that allow them to learn and experience and, 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 and enjoy something that may be outside of their culture, outside of their purview, and outside of what they would normally do if they had it to choose. So here's the thing. This is why... Yeah, and I might as well go there, right? Because this is always going to be an honest podcast. This is why we can't really uh, diminish and undervalue the impact of systemic racism and or slavery, the slavery that we've experienced as people of color over the last 400 years. Let me explain to you why. My father is in my life. I'm in my son's life. Uh, my grandfather was also in my life. So you're looking at four different generations on both sides of the family where there are four different generations of uninterrupted 
relationship building and knowledge exchange. So what happens is, is that systemic racism and in, inclusive of that um, racism, it tears families apart. Like it tears the black community apart. So when a son now sees something, because he may not have engaged it with his father and or his grandfather and or his great grandfather, it takes a little bit of time to recruit, rec- um, regroup and rebuild uh, to the point where now you have this continuity of experiences whereby you're not talking about trying something for the very first time. But really what you're talking about is you're trying something because this is what we do. This is what we've always done. Let me give you another example. It's kind of like doctors and lawyers. Like when you get into some of those families, it's like doctors begat doctors and lawyers begat lawyers and entrepreneurs begat entrepreneurs. And the reason why this happens is that there is probably far less trauma amongst some people groups than others. So when uh, children grow up watching their parents uh, doing things that are a little bit differently, uh, not because they're, they're, they're above and beyond um, what most people can do, but just level of experiences. So when children grow up watching their parents uh, come from different communities and they take the train or they take the go bus or they drive their fancy cars downtown to Front Street and Bay Street and Young Street and they watch them going into buildings with other people that are more represented in those spaces, what you're actually doing is telling them that one day at the appointed time, that can also be you. So like I said to you, uh, the title of this bonus um, episode is He Shoots, meaning my father. Uh, We score, meaning Andre Anderson and Eric Anderson. Uh, We score because my father taking a chance on exposing me to something that I might not have bumped into um, early in life without him showing me this thing what really happens here is, is that I now understand, and this is what I'll be talking to my son about as we're traveling back and forth um, from hockey practice uh, throughout this winter. I'm going to let him know, son, when you have your family, if that's what you choose to do, whether you have daughters or you have sons or whatever the makeup is of your family, don't just go for what's familiar to you. You've got to go for the stuff that you're not sure you'll succeed in. Son, you'll have to go after some of the things that people might look at you and say, why are you doing this? I want you to go after it because the moment you do that, you're actually paving the way for another couple of generations to really experience what it means to build legacy. Legacy is not just financial exchange. It's not just um, the, 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 the sharing of equity and estate and houses. No, no, no. It's more than that. Legacy building is when we show the next generation, right, through building something that lasts, that it is possible to come from a different people group and still enjoy the experiences that are more commonplace for others. So, the, hey, that's what I wanted to talk about on this um, bonus um, episode today. All I'm simply saying to you is my Jamaican father freezing some ice in the backyard wasn't just a small thing it was a big thing and that big thing has now trickled over into his grandson now mounting this ice and playing hockey and because I don't know what the plan is that God has for his life this 
intersection between cultures may be the beginning of a new direction for the Anderson men that may position us and poise us not just to be on Front Street or Bay Street or Young Street, but any street where we are underrepresented. Hey, if you'd like to respond and reach out, feel free, bstlinc21 at gmail.com. But if you're watching this, I should say listening to this on um, Apple Podcasts, please give me a rating. Please make sure you subscribe and leave some comments there so I know how you feel about this conversation. But I'm loving the way this thing is going down. And slowly but surely, we're making our way around the world because we're building something that has to last. Take care until next time. This is Andre, both host and founder of this wonderful company. Take care for now.